Welcome to Crowding the Garage. I'm Corey Cope. I'm Freddie Woff. We got some more of that wonderful failed franchise for you. Failed franchise. How about them apples? <laughs> yeah. See, for, for me, I've seen this several times. For me, this is like a second watch. Like, I hadn't seen it since <laughs> 2012. And honestly, I, 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 like I told you, I had, there was a transfusion going on in my brain. This movie and Lockout <laughs> became one movie. Because I was like, when do they go to space? <laughs> uh, I'm kind of kidding, but kind of not kidding. Kind of not kidding. But, you know, what's weird about this movie, and I, I just want to get this out of the way, is like we say failed franchise, right? Like this is like, you know, this is where we're saying like the studios failed or the filmmakers failed or, or somebody failed. I don't know that there's any fail in this movie except for maybe no. like it just couldn't, didn't find its audience. No, exactly. I, I don't fucking know, dude. That's it. That's, that's exactly it. Because there's nothing wrong with this movie. There, no. And, and I got to say, <laughs> this, this movie and our last movie, we already know we're getting. But this one, just, just like with Jonah, Jonah Hex, I'm like, if you were married to the source material for Judge Dredd, then this should have just like made you cream in your pants. Right. <laughs> if your only experience of, with, with Judge Dredd is Stallone's movie then you should be creaming your pants. Correct. I, so. I mean, I, I, is it is it because this movie is, because this movie is dark, dude. It's fucking yeah. dark through and through. It, yeah. it's, it's, it looks dark. You're looking at it. It doesn't look like a Marvel movie. It doesn't look like your typical comic book movie from, you know, this time period from 2010 right. to 2020. Right. Maybe that's where it failed. I don't know. I mean, to me, this movie, dude, this movie looks like Robocop, Verhoeven's Robocop world. It also right. kind of District 9. I mean, all like the serious, like this movie is more sci-fi to me, weirdly, than comic book. And it, and it really, this movie commits to what it is. Right. Like right. in the first fucking sequence on the freeway. <laughs> yeah, You know exactly what you're, you're going to get. Right. And I, I have a feeling a lot of what they did with the first Deadpool movie was lots of things that were pulled from this, if any other movie like in, the, in recent years. And it's a very, we're going to go for it. And yes, there's some styles of camera work that you see in this that you've seen other movies before. But keep in mind too, they were shooting stereoscopic the entire time. This was a 3D movie at release. Right. And it wasn't, 3D process. It was shot with right. dual with dual cameras. It, 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 the typical way you would shoot a 3D movie. Now imagine some of those rigs that required two cameras <laughs> to, to do some of the stuff that they were doing. Well, dude, I'm just I'm just imagining how cool some of this shit would have fucking been in 3D if I could see 3D. But yeah. I mean, like when he shoots the thermal thing at the fucking guys when you know they're they're closing him, he's in the ticket booth. Yeah. And he shoots the you know I mean that stuff is fucking cool as fuck, man. The, I'll tell you, I saw it in the theater, and that's how I saw it was in 3D. The one time I saw it in the theater, and the fall at at, at the courtyard from the top floor, that mm -hmm. fall. You felt all the depth. I mean, the it first one. Yeah, that when when the when they're throwing bodies. When they in skin the, the three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. In the opening. Yeah. And five. then also the end. <laughs> right. The the which end. Is, which is trippy because when I was watching it, I totally forgot about the drug. I was like, why is she falling in slow motion? What the right. fuck is happening right now? Right. And I'm like, oh, it's the drug. But I had totally forgot. Like the movie, you're so I was so engrossed in the action and what was happening in the movie. I totally forgot about the whole drug thing. Like it, to me, like 
I, because I remember there was a drug sequence early on, right? There's when they're doing it, and it, you see it, and then the one at the end. But in in the middle of all that, they don't have time, and they don't make a meal of it, and it's awesome. So I was like, right. I was like, why is she? And I'm like, oh, it's the drug. I'm gonna steal my mom's inhaler. <laughs> When you see Cassie and, and Dredd enter that one uh, uh, drug den and they go all slow-mo in that too. Right. I mean, the beginning, the end, and that one point, that's the only time you really see that yeah, slow-mo. Yeah, you just see it three times, right? right? Like, they establish it. Right. And then so you, and they give you a little snippet in that room just to see uh, as it is in a more enclosed area. One of the things that happens early on and it's in these slow-mo moments and it's the only time you really see it we hammer on about digital blood in this. And honestly, when you shoot 3D... Yeah, you kind of have to do that. And with the effect they were going with, as if you were the hallucinations or the... What they say? They slow down the world to 1%. Isn't that what they say? Yeah. Yep. So you you have everything slowing down that much. Yeah, it's only... Because even if you use squibs, you wouldn't be able to see it that slow. And it would look really dumb. Yeah, it would look terrible. You would think, I mean, you would think if you if you went with practical blood, you would think it was computer generated. Right. And you'd be like, oh, they fucked up. Why couldn't they, you know, I don't know. That- but everything is so surreal in these slow-mo moments because it's it's a speed we're not used to seeing. It's like really fucking slow. So when you see the digital blood, it's kind of like it adds to the surreal aspect of what's going on. Yeah. Dude, the digital blood didn't bother me at all. Right. And they're and they're all drugged up, too. So I, what I tripped out on was when the, when he starts shooting, right, and it's in slow-mo and that drug den and, like, like it shows the guy's belly starts to fucking, and it's really, you realize it's the propulsion. It's, it's like, it's... Right. Because I was like, what the fuck is happening? I'm like, oh. Because <laughs> it, it takes me a moment. It took, I was like, God damn, I fucking love this movie. I fucking love everything about this fucking movie. Right, when he shoots the one guy in the drug den in the face. <laughs> yeah. His whole Good face God. just collapses. It's so good. Dude, when they throw the three people off the fucking balcony <laughs> at the beginning and they fucking splat and they fucking lift up and they, and they look like a meal from fucking Robocop right before yeah. right after he got hit by the car, dude. Yeah, it, fucking jello heads. It's yeah. Uh, it took me also took me a while to figure out, and I think I, I think this is the case. And you could tell me if I'm wrong, but I feel like because because uh, Anderson's a, she's a mutant, obviously, right. Right. and there are other mutants. I think Dred's a mutant to a certain extent. Now let me ask uh, you a question: Like when he stitches up his side, how did he heal? Like, or is that or is that the contraption no, no, he uses? No, it just healed. That's just just the feel kit that they have. That was kind of that was just future meds medical attention kind of thing. Yeah. Cause I mean, but I feel like he's, he is still kind he's, I feel like he is, I don't know. I feel like maybe dread has got some mutant aspect to him too. I don't know. Otherwise yeah, she, sure. couldn't she realize why? Cause she's asking him all those questions at the end. Doesn't she already know the answer? Doesn't he, doesn't she know he's going to pass her? Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like he's a mutant. He can block her. I don't know. Or, or they just forgot. It doesn't matter. Don't care. It didn't ruin the thing for me. It didn't ruin anything. I mean, dude, the, the the way this movie looks, the way it fucking mm. moves. I mean, it's it's it, it's relatively short. It's ninety five minutes. And it it flows, man. Yeah. I mean, there's no dead air. No, I, I described this to somebody as kind of a cross between RoboCop, but more the but more the raid where everything is in enclosed. I mean, it, it's a haunted house movie. Once everybody ends up in the courtyard and it's in lockdown, it's a haunted house movie, dude. It's the Warriors, it's Dirty Harry, it's Robocop, Dude, it's fucking yeah, The Raid, it's, it's all that shit. 
Right. And when like, uh, I think what I said to you was like, it's like the greatest hits, but more of the greatest misses, like deep cuts of songs that you know, if you know that band, if you know that band or that band and they play, you play a real deep cut of one of their better tracks. That's what this feels right. like. You're getting the best of it's everything It's like when some else. asshole tries to make you listen to Cream and you're like, oh yeah, hold my beer and you put on a Yardbirds record. That's what this is. <laughs> yes. Just, you know what I mean? It's like, fuck yeah. yeah. We all know White Room. Play that. Yeah. Let's hear, let's hear. What are you going to do now? Yeah. I mean, dude, this movie goes, I mean, cause it, we've seen it all before, but we're seeing the best pieces from other stuff. You know, they, they what they're stealing is the best moments of everything else. Right. Right. This is this is one of those times where you had a DJ mashup and every you recognize every little thing that the DJ is sticking in there. It doesn't get overwhelmed, it, and it just it knows what it is. It knows the source material really well. All right, Carl Urban playing Dread, Olivia Thurbo is playing Cassandra Anderson, his rookie, who's a mutant, and she can read people's minds as long as she doesn't have her helmet on. <laughs> sure. And I love that moment when they're getting in there together. He's like, you know what? It's like, I can't read anybody with this. And he goes, you know, it's going to read your head really <laughs> fucking bullet. So it, it, there's it's funny little moments. And Urban is so great. He's in love. He's having the best fucking time playing the role. You can just tell. Dude, it's like his pulse never goes above 45. Yeah. There's no doubt that he spent copious amounts of time watching the 87 Robocop and maybe even the other ones watching him, how well there is in him. Yeah. Because like I kind of got a sense of how he moved a little bit, even though it's not robotic. It's the way he kind of just carries himself in the suit and the fucking suit. Oh my God, dude. Yeah, dude. I, it's funny because I would, I would, I would have said in my mind's eye, like, eh, yeah, the, the, you know, it's going to be a bunch. I, I didn't remember that. I didn't remember the costumes being designed so well. Like yeah. they look like full tactical fucking gear. Yeah. Right. Like, you know, they don't look like beetles. <laughs> they don't run around. They're not running around like with, you know, um, what are those Halliburton cases? Fucking, you know, they're not wrapped in those things. <laughs> what were those stupid backpacks called? You remember like there's around 2002, they had those shiny, like little stupid backpacks that everybody had. Shit. I don't know. They were hard cased and, oh dude, they were so bad. I'm going to, before we end this episode, I'm going to fucking tell you exactly what they're called. But everything about it, like I said, everything about this movie is fucking spot on costumes the the production design the fucking way it's shot the performances i mean i i feel like urban probably spent a lot of time watching fucking dirty harry and magnum force as well yeah because especially it it gets real noticeable i mean he's already very dirty harry but when the other judges show up right there's and again because you're only seeing him from his upper lip down Dude, it's so like his delivery is very Clint Eastwood uh, in 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 the best way. He's not doing an imitation right. of Clint Eastwood, but he's doing his own thing, and he's he's Judge Dredd. It's so badass. The script is from Alex Garland, who is most most notable as a director, writer, and director of of Annihilation of Ex Machina. This was I'm trying to figure out where he did this in, along the way. This was done because he wrote Twenty Eight Days Later. He wrote Sunshine. He wrote 28 weeks later and never let me go. And that was, and that was the last thing he did before he wrote this. And then after that, he did it. He started directing. I was wondering why he didn't direct this. I mean, I, 
you know, I, yeah. I, when you said it, Alex well, Garland, I'm like, God, did he direct it? And I looked and I'm like, oh no, it was directed by Pete Travis. Unfortunately, there was, yeah, they didn't get it. He didn't, he had to kind of make his way still. All, all these scripts were for Danny Boyle. Right. Who also, and his main DP, Anthony Dom Mantle, he shot this too. He shot Dread. And as if, basically, this movie is... A Danny Boyle movie, if you start looking at all the people that are in it, he just didn't direct it or, <laughs> or produce it because... Depending on how much you like Danny Boyle movies, that's either a compliment or a, or, or a non-compliment. I'm just saying his crew yeah. is involved in the entire Dude, thing. like, it, it's funny you'd say that because the, all these people look super familiar to me. And I was like, what fucking, you know, and I was like, are they in Elysium? <laughs> I could, I, but now you say that, yes, I remember yeah. they are. They're all, they're all from Danny Boyle world. There you go. This movie is shot in the UK as well as South Africa. And I got to say, man, that courtyard set, which is fucking huge, huge. It's so expansive. And and usually in smaller sets, you know, we're moving cameras around. But man, they, when Dredd and, and Anderson are, are, are in lockdown and they send in the the four judges that are part, that are on the payroll for, for Mama, that wide shot the whole time, they're just staying on it. I'm like going, how big is that fucking set? It's huge. But I I had a pretty, I mean, even though lots of big sets like that exist in the UK, I thought this looks like it might be a South African set. And I didn't check. I checked it before we started recording and they did shoot, they shoot there as well. Is this the, is this the Oriental City Shopping Center in Collindale, London? I don't know. Is it? <laughs> I mean, that's what the filming locations would lead me to believe. I, I don't know. I mean... I, I don't know what that is. I don't know enough about it to like know whether like, was that something that was being torn down at the time? Because to me, I mean, the only way that that's not a build is if it was something that was going to be demolished and they just went in there and just, you know, it's kind of like in uh, Invasion USA when, you know, Chuck Norris is driving his Toyota four-wheel drive <laughs> through the mall because they're going to blow it up anyway. According to IMDb, the entire, it, it, everything is shot in Johannesburg, the entire movie. Really? I'm looking at IMDb right now, and it says uh, Johannesburg, South Africa, Cape Town, West Cape, South Africa, Oriental City Shopping Center, Collindale, London, England, UK. Oh. So. Opening scenes. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what that means. Yeah, that's probably that the opening, like the, the montage, the beginning, where people are just kind of roaming around the city. Right, because it, it, it's got to be a build. That that that's a build, dude. There's no way you shut yeah. down the fucking mall, and <laughs> even if they were destroying it, you know. I mean, right. I, to me, I look at it and I'm like, oh, where did they build this? They either built it in a big sound stage at uh, Pinewood, or you know, somewhere in South Africa. To me, it looks like South Africa because it looks like the same world from District Nine, uh, Elysium. Yeah. You know, all those uh, yeah, those those movies. And and again, I mean. It looks from right. It looks it, it looks familiar, but it doesn't look. You don't recognize things right away. It just kind of looks no familiar. Dude, the vehicles, all of it. It all looks slightly yeah. weird. It looks weirdly futuristic. It, it looks like the things you can create on uh, in AI. Like when you ask yeah. AI to build your, you know, when when you build your scenery <laughs> and they put cars and you're like, what the fuck is that? That's a car, but how? What is that? It's you know, that's what yeah. these cars look like, which is awesome. Yeah, man, this fucking movie, you know, again, there's nothing about this movie I don't like. <laughs> nothing. It's pretty great. Yeah, it's pretty great. And and the director, we don't talk Pete Travis, he hasn't, he hadn't done much before this. He shot Vantage Point, uh, he had, which I actually like a lot. It's, uh, though it does get kind of fall into that and gets a little convoluted, but 
he's definitely a, a skilled director. I'm Pete surprised Travis? he hasn't yeah. done uh, yeah. Vantage Point, yeah. right? That's his movie. Yeah. yeah, that's what I was talking about. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't dislike that movie at all. I didn't realize it was his. I didn't realize same director until I looked, until I saw he had directed this. Yeah. And then I was like, oh shit, Vantage Point, which this is better than Vantage Point. Oh God, yeah. Vantage Point's okay, but it's, you know, it, as I remember it, I only saw it once and I hadn't thought about it until I looked this up yesterday. <laughs> yeah. And like I was saying, it just, it gets a little convoluted. It's a great, it's a, it's a, it's a fun idea. It's just that. Well, it's like Rashomon. I feel, yeah. I think it's one of those movies that probably would like, <laughs> gosh, here's the theme this month that probably would play out better if it was a limited series and spread out over six episodes or something like that. Right. Well, it's, it's, it's one of those, it's, it's kind of like, I don't want to say it's a gimmick movie, like, you know, the, the whole month we did of gimmick things, but I feel like it could be because once the cat's out of the bag, you're like, oh, okay, well now I know. And once you know, you know, once you know, you know, you know, the thing that's a drag about this movie as you're going the whole way, I, I can, I can guess about when you, when it was that you texted me saying, when you said this movie is made for me, because from the moment you hear the voice, the voiceover, you're like, "Fuck, you're you're locked in, dude." And, and it's almost like what closes the audience in completely is when they shut down. Yeah, the entire building. Oh yeah, it's so good. Yeah, there's nothing to dislike about this movie. Everybody is fucking good, and I, I got to say the standout in this, as far as acting wise, because everybody is. We've seen other, most of the people in this and other things. Wood Harris, though. Wood Harris is fucking... As Mama's main guy. Uh, K. Or not, I shouldn't say main guy, but but he's... Fuck, his moments with Olivia are so good. Dude, right? What am I thinking? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When, so he's just completely grotesque man that you think he would have the kind of, he would have the kind of thoughts you that he would have. And of course, as we said already, Olivia is a mutant and she can read people's minds, but he thinks she's just this vulnerable little girl. <laughs> Dude, when she clocks him, she busts him with that gun when she's like, when he, when he tries to scare and she just smacks him with the gun, but we come out of it. Yeah. We come out of her head or his head. Right. When he's having those moments but he's kind of fucking with her and like, like she's, you're we're seeing flashes of him, the two of them having sex in his brain that she's seeing. But when she finally gets done with this bullshit and she goes all, and he calls all Jean Grey on him. <laughs> right? So Dude, good. he fucking pisses himself. <laughs> when he's just lying there and you just see the pit and I was like, holy fuck, she just so, fucked him up. So solid. But what it does, what that moment does it sets up the other, so when he finally, because, dude, I, I was totally like, when he finally does get the drop on her, I was already like, holy fuck, how did that happen? Because she already broke him in my mind. You know, they, they played right. it really well. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. And I think one of the other, okay, I guess the movie has set pieces, but they're not huge set pieces. The whole movie, once it go, again, once it goes into lockdown, it's one giant set piece. The whole thing just runs yeah. as one cohesive sequence. Like it never stops. So you, you, you're, it's like you were when you're eight or nine years old talking about a movie, somebody, and remember that part, that's what it is. At this point, you're like, remember that part where mama had him, we're shooting him with all the turret guns from across the whole tower, dude. Oh yeah. Like the, that whole moment, it never looks fake. It always looks good. All that CG that's going on there and that smoke looked 
you, you know it wasn't all real smoke, otherwise nobody would be able to breathe. No, absolutely not. The fake smoke, the CG smoke, again, it was just a great blend of it's something that we talked about during the fog remake. It's like you it, it's something that a lot of care was taken into it because otherwise it's gonna look fucking silly. I think one of my favorite moments though is still taking place on that floor because 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 Cassie and and Dredd are locked down at this point and they're waiting for the their backup backup, their real backup to get there. And the way he just goes and comes out of the fog and the smoke and just tosses Oh yeah. <laughs> the dude just over the Yep. <laughs> and then just walks back. And she's just watching from across the fucking Yeah. Mortified. It's the only time you ever see Mama like show any kind of emotion because she just right. she knows she steely. might be in too deep. She might be in over yeah. her head at that point. Yeah. And because in her head, it's just it's one judge. I, I, I who can't handle one judge. He's not going to stop. He's like a goddamn Terminator. Yep. yep. <laughs> Which is wild. Is. Sarah Connor. <laughs> anyway, um, dude, my, my one favorite moment from this movie is in the same sequence. It's after it's when they're shooting up the thing with the Gatling gun and they break, they see the light, they see the, the pot, the pinholes of light come through. So they crash through <sighs> the wall and they're out on the roof yeah. and there's a fucking half pipe and four skaters. I laughed yeah. my ass off. Yeah. I was like, this is it's so right. absolutely fucking bonkers, dude. It's so great. And they're just like, where, where do we go? When Cassie's standing there and she looks across and, and sees the tower full of rich people and just, and just has this moment of reflection, like I'm in the worst possible place it can be right now. And that's, I would love to be right there, right about now. And she, you just see it like, I mean, that's the point where she decides that she doesn't want to be a judge anymore. She doesn't say it, but she you can tell she doesn't that she she has that instant remorse, like I'm fucked. For some reason I thought they were going to, and I'm glad they didn't, get into the fact that she's really a rich kid. Right. And she's doing this because she wants to do something good or her or she got chastised by her family because of her mutant powers or whatever. I wasn't sure why she was doing it other than the fact that I thought maybe it was her only choice, either be a judge or the executed mutants. I, I wasn't never, I was really never clear on it. I didn't know if there was an yeah. explanation at the beginning that I missed, but by the end of the movie, I was just like, fuck, she's fucked. She thinks she's out, yeah. but she's, he passes her and she's in. Yeah. Yeah. Such a great, I mean, that, that moment too, once they call for the real help and they're getting the real help is when they're up there on the roof. I love that that, yeah, yeah, we mentioned the half pipe. That's pretty great because I, I, at first I don't notice it and they pull that wide shot and I'm like, oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> I mean, no, judge it's just so says, good. We, we got to get the fuck out of here. We can't be up here. We're fucked. We can't. No, there's we, no way to get down. We're, if they come for us, we got nowhere to go. Yeah. yeah. Where are we going? We got to go back in. And she's like, what? A cast of characters in it are pretty solid. Like I said, there's not a lot of... There's not a lot going on as far as main characters. I mean, really is. It's Dread, Cassie, Mama, and Kay. And we already talked about what happens. Those are only four characters that really last the majority of the movie. Well, yeah, there's a couple other. You you get the uh what the, the guy who's like, I can tell you exactly what it when the four when the other four judges show up and they're like, Yeah, you, will you testify to that? Yeah. <laughs> they waste that guy's in. We see him at the beginning yeah. and the end. I mean, he he almost makes it to the movie. <laughs> Poor bastard. Yeah, that's what he gets for being a punk ass before when he needed his help. Right. Well, there you <laughs> that's go. That's what you get. Your payback. Yes. Payback is a bitch. Yeah. I mean, what, what, yeah. what's cool about this dude is everybody kind of gets their just due in this movie. One way or the other. Like Everybody does. Right? Even like Cassie, her ending's not good because 
She's, no. Now she's in it, and that's what she's going to do. And Dread, yeah. I mean, this is Dread's way of life, dude. That's it. Yeah, yeah. There's never going to be like, hey, I'm going to go home and crack a beer and you know sit on the tailgate <laughs> and listen to music with my dog. That ain't ever happening. That that's that's not what. Uh, yeah, it's fucking, dude. It's uh, if you think too much about the movie, it's just real grim. <laughs> but uh, it is. Domo Gleason plays the, the, her computer guy, mama's computer guy. And what I love so much about it, I love when you're seeing him and you're seeing close up of his eyes and you think he's just wearing a contact and you get a zoom in, you realize they're, they're robotic eyes. Right. And there's a moment when they're talking about mama earlier and they're kind of setting up through montages of what kind of a, an evil woman she is when she pokes out the eyes of yeah. of Gleason's character, I, you don't know at the moment that's him, right? But then when you see him later on with the fake eyes, you're not again. I'm not making the connection, dude. It's all but, Philip K. Dick, dude. It's like again, I think I text you. There's so much Philip K. Dick in this yeah. fucking thing, right? Like this is yeah. like, I mean, that's right out of Blade Runner. We got right. fucking Minority Report vibes going on. This movie has everything you could possibly want this movie to have. Right. And still right. only be 95 minutes. And I don't need more. I didn't need it to be a minute again, like just like Jonah Hex. Right. I didn't need it to be one minute longer. I didn't, I'm not missing one thing. Right. And none of it feels lifted. All that stuff that we're talking about that you, that we're looking, and it's, no. I don't want to say it's homages. It's just that, hey, that's like that, that's like that, that's like that. There's so many movies that came out in the late 80s. We were, and we did when we covered Tubi movies, we did all those sword movies that we covered. Oh yeah. Once in a while we talked about how everything was fucking post-apocalyptic, blah 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 blah. In the 90s, we started getting knockoffs of Robocop like this. Right. Or sorry, like Judge Dredd, <laughs> the one with Stallone. Sure. Or Demolition Man. Or Demolition Man. It's like they're all kind of in that same vein. But unlike all those movies, this one knows its source material and never strays away from it. And those little things that it kind of picks up along the way, yeah, the, the, those things are taken from other movies, but fuck, who cares? It works. I mean, I'm not saying that they lift, but they they, they did. They, again, they took the right things, right? This is right. the Yardbirds. <laughs> they right. they took the things that they should take. And if you're paying attention, you're going to be like, "Holy shit! Holy shit! Holy shit!" You know, it's not. They're not just throwing out. You know, they're not just. They're not just like, "Hey, look! You've seen this. You've seen this." I mean, what I wanted to ask you is: Is this the only? This is the only movie I can think of where the character wears a helmet where the helmet doesn't look stupid except for maybe Star Wars, the, the original Darth Vader helmet. Like this helmet doesn't bug me in one, it doesn't look corny, it doesn't look stupid. I mean, it looks worn, it looks battle-worn, because I mean, it could be goofy, because I feel like, they're, you know what I mean? You know what I'm saying about like, right. when you put a helmet on somebody, you know, I, I'm sure that was a discussion with Stallone, that's why he didn't wear the helmet, <laughs> other than like once, um, if I remember right. Well, yeah, the, the producer just said, he goes, oh, I'm hired Stallone. I'm not, what do you mean? I'm not going to show Stallone's face? Right. But I'm just saying, like, even if you did, I mean, can you imagine what kind of, I just feel like they did a good job of this helmet feels like it's on there for a reason to keep him from right. being shot in the head, as opposed right. to like, you know, looking stupid or like, to me, there's a world where the helmet could have just ruined the movie because it happens. That's what I thought was so great. And, and when Olivia makes that crack, it isn't just, it, it isn't just so it can sell 
her moments without a helmet on, it's 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 a total shot at the Stallone one by saying, "My going you run around with your fucking helmet on." <laughs> you know the helmet serves a purpose, right? Right. And then her idea, and she's like, "Why well, I can't do my job if I got that helmet on?" And if you think about it, Stallone, can't do his job of showing his face if or he's got that helmet on. <laughs> uh, but I'm like, dude, you already, you already made you already made Judge Dread, motherfucker. It's called fucking Demolition Man. So you, you didn't have your helmet on. So move on, dude. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. You know what's weird? I just thought about it. That, that Lena Headey, she also kind of the way she looks, her face and stuff in a, in yes. a few of these scenes reminds me a lot of Pris from Blade Runner. It's funny you hear say that because when um, when I was. I'm really paying attention to what was going on here. All I kept thinking about was like, wait, you know what you remind me of? And I mean, I've seen the movie before and it wasn't, I didn't click with it until now, but it reminds me of Sergeant Barnscars in Platoon. A little bit. Just, it, yeah, absolutely. I, th- I almost, I almost feel like it might even, I need to go back and look at it again and see how it looks because I think it's very close. To, I mean, obviously, obviously, with with Tom, it was like it kind of goes up and around his eye, right? But where it's at on the right cheek, I mean, it kind of, yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, totally. I mean, I'm looking at it right now. You know, she it's very, is, dude, it, and it does go up around. It does go up around her eye. It goes up over it through her eyebrow and around. Okay. It comes down by the bridge of her nose, and then it breaks off. Yeah, dude, it's it's very platoon ish. Yeah, very Sergeant Barnes, which is perfect because of the kind of person that mama is is not unlike barnes and how barnes handles himself in in platoon at least towards the end <laughs> and again and again i feel like these filmmakers are fucking having fun and they're fucking you know they're they're again they're stealing like the moment they're stealing the stuff they should be stealing as opposed to the stuff that you know, don't show me shit i've seen 50 times just because you know right. you're trying to paint by numbers and dumb down your movie for the masses right i don't know how this movie missed becoming like a being a huge, having a huge opening weekend and making a lot of money and getting us at least one sequel, if not two. Right. You know, I mean, how did, like I said, I texted you, how do we get six, seven Resident Evil movies, six or seven Underworld movies, and we got one Judge Dread, one Dread movie? Yeah. You know, it's a drag. I mean, it's, it got, it's gotten really close to finding, uh, or to, to getting a sequel because when it hit Blu ray, it fucking blew up. And not only was it Blu-ray, but it was a 3D Blu-ray. So you got it came with both. You didn't. It was one of those movies that that you know when a Blu-ray came out, it was like if you got a, a knocked off retail in 1999, and then if you won the 3D version, it was 24.99 usually. Right. This this one came out. Lionsgate put this thing out for like 15 bucks with both versions on a 3D Blu-ray and a standard Blu-ray on there. And it found an audience. It, it did really well. So that's why there was conversation of doing the sequel. And it got pretty close, but never came back around. Yeah, I feel like Urban, maybe maybe Urban had moved on. Like, you know, I mean, it's, it's funny. We talk about the failed franchise thing and, and, and we have how we've had to bounce around and swap movies, right? right. Um, what Carl Urban was going to be, I think like three of the ones, at least three movies, this one and two that we couldn't do. He was in both of them. Right. <laughs> I, I was trying to think what was the first Carl the movie I, the first movie I noticed Carl Urban in and I think it was Pathfinder I think and then suddenly he was in everything yeah so I mean as recent as 2017 Carl Urban was talking about doing uh, the, uh, this in a limited series a continuation of it because because it was been 
it's considered problematic to put out as a feature. Obviously, you could spend just as much money making the movie, but if you don't have to worry about the P&A budget side of things, just put on a stream where you're saving, you know, on a twenty. On a thirty million dollar movie, you're saving thirty twenty five to thirty million dollars, not having to make prints. Or sorry, right? Promote the promote the thing. No one's making prints anymore. Let's be honest. I mean, but that's as recent as five years ago. So who knows? Maybe they'll get around to doing it. I mean, but right now with the, with the turmoil, all these fucking streaming services are having that have that they were already having before the strikes happened earlier this year. Oh yeah. Bottom line is we need a sequel. <laughs> we need a continuation of the story. And I don't want a reboot. I want that bullshit. Just continue the story from this movie. That's all you have to do. Right. That's it. That's all, that's all we need. I mean, that's all we need. You know, I was, uh, it's funny because I was looking at, and we, we had talked about covering Doom, and like, I think it was on, was it on Netflix? But it's not on Netflix now. So if we would have, I mean, it's, but it is on, it, it's moved to stars. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't even realize he was in the Lord of the Rings movies because I'm again I've seen yeah. maybe I've seen them all maybe once. Yeah, other than Vigo, everybody in that in the whole series they don't they don't look like they normally look in real life. But both Carl and Vigo they look exactly like they do in real life. That's pretty funny. Okay, you know what? I do know where I saw it. The first place I remember seeing Carl Urban was in Chronicles of Riddick. That, so that that was the, my first like. Who is that dude? Because he's badass. And then, you know, then he shows up in fucking everything. Like, I mean, dude, he's in so many movies that I just fucking, you know, I love. I mean, I, I've i seen Pathfinder multiple times. I'm going to revisit Doom just because I didn't even remember he's in it. Like when we, you know, when we were talking about what are we going to do? What are we going to fill the holes with? Let's do Doom. I'm like, Carl Urban's in Doom? <laughs> like, I had no idea. Yeah. And, uh, and he's in Priest, which I haven't seen. Right. <laughs> Hey, so Priest was the other one. <laughs> so just so you know, Priest was the other <laughs> failed movie that uh, we, Doom and Priest are two of them, but there's several more. Uh, but, you know, again, it's not him. No. You know, sometimes it's like, is it the actor who, you know, nobody just wanted any more of that? Because look, dude, he, he is outside of DeForest Kelly. Uh, you know, he's the best, you know, Leonard Bones McCoy you're ever going right. to get. <laughs> right. And there's a franchise. There's three of those fucking things. Carl Urban loves this character because he was recorded in either on camera in interviews or in print since 2014 all the way through 2017. Like I just mentioned like several times over that same six, seven year period where he was into it. He wanted to do it. I ever talked about limited series, but like I said, August 2017, he, he was in discussions to start at in, in a limited series. But you know what? I think when that maybe that kind of floundered a little bit while it was floundering, he probably locked in the boys. Probably. Yeah. He loves this kind of material. The the boys shows you he likes this kind of thing. Right. But sometimes once a ship has sailed, it's sailed. You know what I mean? There's like, yeah. you know, what what's the point of going back? And, you know, I I'm always like when I see that, like, what was what was what is the recent example of like, why are they making a sequel to that? It's been like fucking 20 years. I don't give a shit anymore. Well, there was something we were talking about and there we were like, why are they making a sequel to that? You know, it would have been cool if it came out a couple of years, but I mean it's been like 15 years remember. since Yeah, there was something we were talking about and I can't remember what it was. Yeah, we talking about last shit. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, it, it certainly wasn't red. No. No, there was something we were talking about. They they took making a sequel, I don't remember. Carl Urban as Butcher on The Boys is very much a direct kind of character, except for he talks a lot. Right. It's, I mean, it's a very similar character. There, it's a, it's a. I, I'm going to do whatever it takes to get the job done. That's it. I, I don't have a line. <laughs> I, 
it's just, it's just, there's one way. This is how you do it. And the only time that's what's so great about the end of the movie, when he judge dread at the beginning of the movie the judge dread, we know as far as if you're familiar with the books, he would have rolled on Cassie in a heartbeat. <laughs> like, oh yeah, she lost her fucking weapon. <laughs> She's a fail. Yeah. And it wasn't because she helped because she saved him because she goes, you know what? That's somebody I want to be in, in the dirt with because well, first of all, I got betrayed by four judges. <laughs> yeah, totally. Right. Two before that, are they're complete idiots. So that's six judges that suck. Right. She's better than those six guys. Right. Losing her weapon or not. Maybe, you know, again, I'm looking, this movie got released in September, which is a weird thing to me. Like, why yeah. on earth would they release it, you know, the third week of September? I mean, if push it all the way into October or to me, this movie would have, you know, I don't know. I, 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 I find it hard to believe. I can't, I was thinking, I still don't, I'm puzzled where this movie didn't connect with people. When it got released, they, they, they premiered at, at Comic-Con in 2012. And it, I mean, that's your audience, right? In 2010, Scott Pilgrim premiered uh, at Comic-Con and it blew up. That's the crowd. That's the audience, right? Yeah. And it had amazing fanfare. This had amazing fanfare, Dredge did, at, at, in a 2012 Comic-Con. What happened? I think the stupid fucking studios in both cases took so much stock in how well it was received. I'm like, what's your core audience? Of course they're going to fucking wet their pants over it. And then they decided not to promote the fucking movies. That's what surprised me. How do you say, we're going to drop this thing in July. Here it is, everybody. You wait two months to put it out? I don't know. It's weird. Yeah, man. No idea. At least with Pilgrim, it was out right after that. It was like a week or two after that. It's a Comic-Con appearance. So I don't know. It's very confusing. This is one of those ones, again, where you look at you can look at Jonah Hex and understand why nobody saw the movie. But, you know, at the same time, like we mentioned in the episode, People that have bad mouth that haven't seen it, as far as I'm concerned. Right. Well, I also think maybe with, with Jonah Hex, there was a lot of, every, everybody knew that, about the trouble production, this, that, and the other. I, I'm going to, I'm just going to throw this at you because I think, you know, I, I'm looking at all this stuff and you know what I think maybe it was? Maybe it was the 3D of it all, man. Maybe people just don't want 3D. You know what I mean? Um, well, I mean, it's possible. I can't think of, you know, outside of like Avatar, <laughs> like what is the, you know, what is another big movie that was in 3D that people are like, oh my God, you got to see it in 3D. Tron? Yeah. They're, well, yeah. <laughs> Tron Legacy, maybe? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe it was the 3D of it all. Like sometimes it's, you know, who knows? I don't know. That's the only thing I can think of. But how do you premiere and run off all of that energy and word of mouth online in July and then say, we're going to hold on to it until fucking Labor Day. I don't get that. Whatever. Yeah. No, no idea, man. Anyway, don't, here's the thing. If you've ever seen Dread, don't listen to what anybody has to say unless you're listening to us. <laughs> yeah. Just it's fucking, fucking rad. Go to Netflix right now. <laughs> you stop listening to us talk about it. Go to Netflix and just put it on and watch it. Yep. Yep. You won't be sorry. I, I can tell you for the most part, you're going to probably want to own it because it's a fucking blast. You know, it's weird. I, I think I might own it. It might be in my garage <laughs> box. <laughs> Honestly, it might be. When, when it came out, it was only like 10 bucks. The, like that, once it kind of came out like $15 with both versions, the 3D and the standard Blu-ray, it, it you know, eventually hit $10 and kind of stayed there. I think I might've picked it up at one of my big lots uh, runs. Honestly, mm -hmm. that and lock it. Because I know I have a lockout. It's not in the garage. It's out in, the, uh, in my office. 
Yeah. Oh, uh, well. So it, it's out there. Like you said, it's on Netflix if you want to catch it there. there it's also, there's also a 4K version. And it looks great on Netflix. Dude, it looks fucking fine. And that's the, and I have the Blu-ray, so I can tell you that it's a pretty good transfer. It's, it's steady. Since 2017, so this is one of the first 4K titles out there as well. So you can probably scoop this up for on, on 4K for the same inexpensive price of There's a lot of fucking cool bucks. steel books. That I saw, yes. I was just looking around last night. There's a badass Japanese one. It's a Region 2 Blu-ray, but it, there's um, there, it's a Japanese steel book that it, the artwork's out of control, man. And I was, yeah. you, you can pick up copies of it for like 10 bucks with free shipping. It's crazy. And I was like, holy shit. Yeah. I don't know that it'll work. I got to get a new region free player. Mine, <laughs> mine, mine's having problems. It's having problems. It's, it's got Alzheimer's. It's got, all, it's, it's, it's got dementia. <laughs> Sometimes it doesn't know how to work. <laughs> All right, then. <laughs> it needs an inhaler. Uh, it needs some slow mo. It needs some slow mo. It has too much slow mo. It's had too much slow mo, man. Too yeah. much slow mo. There you go. Yeah, I, I mean, dude, look, Metascore sixty percent. I mean, I don't know, man. That's weird. Like, I want to talk to some of these people who I want to. I want to just ask them, what were you looking for in this movie? Right. What were you hoping for? Yeah. What were you hoping for? Total film. Box Office Magazine, Empire. All these UK rags, right? Right. Like, but they just, look, you tell me every time I see London in a movie, it looks dirty as fuck. So it can't be that. It can't be that. It can't be upset about like, oh, it's just too grim and too dark of a world. Because you know what it kind of reminds me of a little bit the way, it, you know, in these are those Guy Ritchie Sherlock Holmes movies. Yeah. It, it looks like there's so much pollution in the air that like, you know, you probably, if you lived past 30 years, you know, you were an old person, you know, from, from breathing, you know, Hey, you're not supposed to be able to see the air you're breathing. Yeah. You're not supposed to be able to wipe it off and smear right. it. <laughs> I don't even know why am I going on this rampage, but God damn, I love this. Cause movie. you love the movie and you feel like we, cause we got to that point really fast. Like we do with these movies that we really enjoy that it's cheap everywhere. If you want to buy optical with all the shenanigans you've been hearing about going on with, with uh, streaming copies of things this week, right? you know, watch us on Netflix. And if you dig it, which I'm going to assume most of you will, you can get it for 10 bucks. Shit. $10. Yeah. yeah. Now, now keep in mind that there's a digital version, but it's ultraviolet. So it's all out. Of, it's all out of date. <laughs> That's how long this movie has been around for. Right. But the 4k transfer from what I understand is pretty solid, but it didn't matter. That $9 Blu-ray will serve you well. And the BTS is pretty good. You know, and, and again, all things, you know, being what they are these days, you know, it, even if it, Ultraviolet was still around, you know, they'd probably just delete it, not reincarnate. <laughs> You'd be shit out of luck. Yep. <laughs> PlayStation, talking to you. We lost our rights. We lost our rights. Oh, no, no refunds. Way to go, Warner Brothers. You guys are rocking the rock. Yeah, man. So that's Dread. There's no Dread. In watching Dread. There's no Dread in Dread. It rocks. The only Dread in Dread is Carl Urban. Mm -mm. Again, failed franchises is, you know, we're two for two. It, the movies, you know, haven't failed us. It's not the movie's fault. Nope. Nope. It is not. So who do we blame? The audience? Um, do we blame us? Are we guilty? Uh, well, I don't know. We didn't look to see what the hell else came out around that time either. Let's, let's pretend it's the people in charge. Yes, it's the people in charge. 
I, I mean, yeah, there you go. It's the people in charge. You guys blew yes. it. <laughs> to your fault. Like I said, seven Resident Evil movies and one Dread. It, uh, yeah. Uh, sequels. Humanity. Seven sequels. Yeah, I know. It's just... Uh, you, it's eight yeah. movies. I know. Yeah. Give me a break. Damn. And not one of them is better than this. No. God, no. And I like most of them. Because I, I, I know I what like they are. The first couple. I th- I don't know that I've seen all of the those movies. I'm, I'm just gonna say yeah. I probably have seen the first three. Yeah. Resident Evil movies, and then maybe the first three Underworld movies. Maybe. There's a couple that are good. I like the one where they end up in L.A. I like the one there in Vegas. I like those two. But those are like so the one with Mike four Epps? and five. Yeah, probably. Maybe there was one with Mike Epps that was kind of funny. I mean, it was entertaining. Uh, I don't know uh, if it was yeah. good, but no, good and funny are two different things. <laughs> Um, yeah, but anyway, we're not here to we're not here to trash uh, Resident Evil. I'm just saying it's like oh no, it seems like I would trade I would I would gladly trade three of those <laughs> Resident Evil movies for another couple of Dread movies. Like if if they, if we could cut heads like that Shit. and barter with somebody, well, how about this? Just give us get rid of three of those and give us one of these. I'll take one of them. Sure, or me one too. limited series. Give me that. Give me a nice six episode, seventy five minute per episode series. Give me that shit. Fucking comic book was around since 1977. Y'all, there's no story there to be told. Sure. I mean, good God. Just scratch the surface. Well, that's three down for for failed franchises. Only two you'll ever hear. Sure. (laughs) Thank God. (laughs) So if you want to follow the show on the socials, (laughs) it's easy these days. It's at Karate Pod on Insta, Twitter. And Letterbox, you follow Corey on Letterbox and Corey underscore Culp and on Insta at Culper97. And if you would like to support the show on the Patreon, that's patreon.com slash karatepod. If you'd like to follow me, you can follow me at rock and roll of 33 on your Instagram, or you can follow me at girl in the window at letterbox.com. That's girl in window at letterbox.com. No the.